Once again, welcome. Welcome to the All Pilot Call, this special edition discussing the uh, CQ and junior assignment settlement. Going to review that with you and take your questions and answers and everything. Before we get started, just want to reiterate our policy that please do not record, screen capture, take pics, or in any other way reproduce this presentation. I totally understand. We get it. Everybody wants a, a little synopsis and review on the Facebook afterwards. Please, please do not do that. We will release this information through the regular MEC channels, either YouTube, podcast, or both, or, you know, whatever release that we can do, we will provide to you guys. But we really appreciate if you do not try to uh, uh, summarize and, and send out to the pilot group, things can be taken out of context. And, and just appreciate your help with that. The best way to do it is, you know, straight from the source here, get those information and facts from us, from these presentations. Appreciate that. I see Eric and Will are both here along with me. I know they've got some great information, some update stuff for you, and we'll be taking your questions. So I'm just going to turn things over. Eric, how are you doing today? Yeah, hey, Kevin, thanks for the uh, start to the call. Um, yeah, a good group here, about uh, 30 plus people in the room. Um, yeah, so uh, I do have a little bit of a PowerPoint as usual. Uh, I'll try to run through some of the high points of both of these settlements and uh, get you guys um, up to speed, and then I'll try to do some, uh, some Q&A at the end. Um, let me uh, just grab the screen here from Kevin, and uh, uh, there we go. All right, much better. So, um, yeah, once again, welcome. So, uh, as Kevin was saying, uh, this will be recorded today. Uh, please don't take notes and repost on social media. It really is taken out of context often, and uh, that leads to more troubles than than help. Um, remember, this is a public forum, right? Uh, you should expect that chief pilots and uh, C-team are on here listening. They're more than welcome. Uh, this is... Uh, about getting the information out and um, making sure that you guys are uh, well educated and that we're being transparent about everything that's happening. Um, uh, we will repost this on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, all the usual channels. Uh, everything's up on the uh, MEC website. And just a reminder with that, there's a whole bunch of uh, scheduling podcasts. I know a, a lot of the pilot group has been hired uh, since that podcast was created in uh, early 22. And um, if you can, just help get the word out, remind people that that stuff is there. It's a good resource to uh, get some contract education uh, as you get put on reserve, right? Um, uh, when we get to the end of the call and we're doing the Q&A, please use the raise hand function. Give other people their time on the floor, right? Uh, minimize crosstalk. These, um, you know, uh, teams format calls get pretty chaotic if there's a couple people talking at once. Uh, so just keep on mute uh, through the call. Um, and then uh, we'll have the moderator, probably Kevin, call on you as uh, is used the raise hand function. Um, so stuff we're going to cover today, I just got a little bit of news to go through just to uh, tell you guys what's going on. Uh, obviously, it's been really, really busy, right? Uh, today, we're going to cover the uh, uh, bit of news, the continuing qualification settlement, uh, so CQ settlement, uh, as well as the JA settlement. Um, 
Uh, on the news front, we do have a uh, first out, last out, follow arbitration coming up uh, late June 27th and 28th. Uh, so that's starting to take up uh, quite a bit of our, our bandwidth as we start to refocus in that direction. Uh, additionally, we um, uh, had a meeting with the company today. They gave us, gave us a pass on their uh, PBS LOA. Uh, there is significant work to do there. The, sh the small table group had been making some progress. And then uh, I think the company started working on Section 18 implementation, kind of turned away from that small group. Uh, it's unfortunate because there's still quite a bit of work to do. Um, and they were making some good progress there. Uh, some of that pass goes back to their original uh, February pass, which is, uh, I guess, not surprising given um, the context of the relationship and where things are at. So um, know that there's a Tuesdays at two next uh, Tuesday, right? Rebooting the Tuesdays at two with uh, Tim and Katie for some PBS 101, uh, just educating the pilot group on what, uh, what PBS is, what it does, what it doesn't do. Um, they did a really high level um, uh, kind of synopsis of uh, PBS, uh, a week ago this Tuesday. Uh, so next week, Tuesday, they're going to start diving in and covering some of the more complicated issues uh, with PBS and some of the bidding parameters and stuff like that. Uh, it's going to require that the pilot group gets really up to speed on some uh, fairly technical issues so everyone can make a good decision on, on a PBS LOA and know that their PBS LOA is on parity with the rest of the industry, right? There is uh, no reason for this pilot group uh, to uh, suffer under a PBS LOA that isn't uh, industry standard and at parity with their peers. Um, so with that, uh, just know that we're gonna be holding some contract education seminars every Tuesday at two uh, and doing as much education on PBS as we possibly can as we uh, ramp up towards uh, a vote on uh, PBS LOA. Uh, also, we were able to successfully complete uh, a very long uh, Section 18 uh, JWG and then uh, eventually last six months or so uh, grievance settlement process, right? We've complete that, completed that, we have signed documents, and we finished uh, a walkthrough with the training pilots on Monday in the ALPA office. Um, we uh, do have signed documents back from the company today, which means that we can share that stuff with the pilot group, uh, start to uh, calm that out. And just like we're doing with these two settlements, we'll do a you know, PowerPoint synopsis and Q&A for the whole pilot group on uh, Section 18. Uh, please give us a little time. That's a 48-page document. Uh, it is going to take some time to get uh, uh, a good, solid uh, presentation together and make sure that we can put that on for the pilot group uh, as well as do some Q&A on that. So um, with that, uh, we'll just get into the subjects for today, which is the CQ qualification settlement and the JA settlement. So uh, with the continuing qualification settlement, just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what the circumstances were and how this occurred um, and why it was necessary to do uh, a fairly rapid LOA to solve the problem, right? So um, what what occurred was uh, e-crew bids, so all the e-crew bids um, were not um, properly uh, retained 
by the ECU system, right? So everyone who emailed a bid, their their bid was uh, retained, and uh, we knew what the pilot's desires were. With everyone who submitted their CQ bid via ECU, all of those bids were lost. Okay, uh, and this is um, you know the day prior, like the twenty fifth of uh, May. So the finals are coming out the next day, right? So not a lot of time to uh, do much about it. And IT was not able to um, retrieve the ECU bids in any way, which left us with a, a very small uh, pool for some, you know, 147-ish or so uh, affected pilots, right, who were able to bid um, using their seniority, right? So what do you do to kind of solve this problem, right? Um, knowing that the pilot group would be very significantly and widely affected, and truly it's not just the the pilots who were in the bid pack eligible for CQ, right? Because um, uh, this kind of delay in bidding, say that say that you just scrubbed June bidding and said that the bidding process was invalid uh, because you lost so many of the bids and you held off uh, until July. Uh, clearly, um, a lot of people are trying to bid early or base uh, to avoid, uh, you know, having training placed right up next to their summer vacation. Um, that would be a, a detrimental to the pilots who were able to bid those vacations. Uh, additionally, if uh, training was basically put on hold for a month, uh, the log jam in an already uh, significantly suffering training department that is struggling to get through the throughput that it needs to provide growth um, would ultimately uh, result in kind of a domino effect or cascading delays for many months, right? Um, and you would have Grace Lake pilots who would just simply expire and have to go through full uh, uh, requalification in order to uh, bid. Several people would have ended up not flying for the month that may or may not have been to their advantage. Um, so uh, the easiest way to deal with that was to kind of uh, deal with it as a grievance settlement uh, in lieu of um, a grievance, right, and to try to provide some kind of fix. Um, so the company had proposed a, just a, a very short three-hour bidding window, emailing the pilots uh, who were eligible to bid and hopefully uh, able to, you know, get some amount of people to tune in and bid, right? This is like a Thursday night. Certainly most of the pilot group is flying and uh, no one checks email. It's not like an emergency notification system. It's email, right? You might get to it a day or three or five from now or not at all and then not be able to bid. So certainly that wasn't a tenable path. Um, uh, the company desired to just award the email bids that it had, uh, also not a tenable path, and you would end up with pretty significant seniority inversions there that were just uh, very, very difficult to unravel. Um, so we proposed that we work with a different rubric and try to come to a different solution. Um, and, you know, when you get here to try and solve a grievance, try to look at how you're going to uh, create a remedy that uh, was would restore the pilot to the condition they would have been and had the violation not occurred, right? So how do you do that um, without being able to reopen a bid window because we're so close to the final line awards and um, none of this was going to allow 
for the pilots to express their golden days uh, and protect themselves from certain days in which they didn't want to have training, right? Uh, you need to have um, that information, which we had lost all that information with the e-crew bid. So um, our proposal instead was to use, you know, uh, a rubric that we had used in the past and was very similar to what you would use anywhere else, right? And just use kind of the normal scheduling fix uh, that would be in place in order to allow this to happen and allow, you know, scheduling of training to occur, right? So uh, Grace Early and base pilots, right? Um, what we proposed and where we got to in the end was to uh, follow a once per day seniority ad on days off, um, uh, on days off, right? So uh, basically follow the 2015 uh, Green Book um, once a day uh, open time system that people were used to. Uh, so posting in the evening, all the available slots, and then um, making those slots available for ads at 150%, right? Um, this way, Grace Early and base pilots got to get their training done if they wanted to get their training done, and they got incentivized for getting that training done. Um, uh, note this, uh, that the added training events can't be traded or dropped. Um, so once that training event has been made, the company has reserved that simulator and uh, the training pilot that goes with it. Uh, very chaotic to start, um, you know, changing those around, dropping those, swapping those, canceling those because the, the training event goes back into the open time pool. And we have a very short period of time to put this kind of construct together and make something happen. So um, basically what it was is if you want to add on your days off at premium pay and get your training event done, you could do that, right? Um, certainly that allows for a lot of people to get their training done before we get into the summer months here. And um, just keeps the training moving without creating a training backlog that might be uh, unrecoverable, right? So for the Grace Late pilots, uh, which was, you know, uh, by the time that you looked at the military people um, who were on leave and people who were on sick leave or uh, I should say medical leave, right? Uh, it was basically about 14 or so pilots that were in Grace Late. Uh, with these guys, right, because there was no way to get training on them, uh, the way you do that is you remove them from already scheduled days of work, right? So remove the pilot from a trip or a reserve day and pay protect them for that work and then place that training uh, that's required inside of that trip footprint. So in the hours that they would have already been at work uh, and then for forcing that uh, training onto the pilot, right? And not being able to express your golden days, um, right? Cause you had no way to express the golden days. It has to go inside of some already scheduled work uh, and then um, pay people at the JA rate for the forced work assignment, right? So um, where we ended up here was uh, pay protected for the removed work and 200% uh, pay, uh, JA pay for the uh, forced work assignment uh, to get the training done. That way nobody dequalled and we kept the training department moving. Um, and I think that ultimately is in the best interest of the pilot group, right? Um, We'll have a little bit more on on kind of that dynamic a little bit. So uh, the letter itself uh, was emailed out with the fast read and is also available on comply. Uh, please go take a look at it, uh, especially if you're interested in bidding some of that training and um, know that uh, that is now complete and out there, right? 
Um, so now we get to this JA settlement, right? And you kind of wonder uh, how this came to be, right? So the JA settlement um, is from kind of back in 2022, October of 2022. There's some junior assignments that occurred uh, that were done um, in different ways had violated uh, uh, either the pilots who were junior assigned or other pilots who would have been eligible for those junior assignment work opportunities, right? Uh, so several different kind of variations of junior assignment that weren't done properly. Um, so uh, the contract requires that compensatory days are, are placed in the, uh, the bid month. And in this case, those compensatory days were placed in uh, November, and in fact, uh, the pilot was allowed to choose um, Thanksgiving as their, their days off, right, which advantaged the junior assigned pilot in a way that uh, disparately affected the other pilots who weren't given that opportunity, right? Um, uh, the compensatory days should have been uh, placed in October and weren't. Uh, so we deal with that and then uh, changing uh, the pilot's schedule to make them eligible for JA. Uh, we saw this in October of 22 and then earlier that year in another junior assignment where a pilot was allowed to drop like a, a five-day trip and was pay protected for that trip and then was uh, allowed to add an ETOPS trip. Um, that certainly was a significant earnings opportunity that basically ended up getting paid into their uh, guarantee uh, rather than uh, placed in, in open time, right? So a bunch of uh, JA shenanigans uh, that we resolved with this, um, uh, including just simply not using call logs, right? Of course, when we saw that there were violations, we requested the call logs and there, there were none provided. So um, we straightened this out with the settlement as well. Um, you might ask, you know, why why solve this problem, right? Um, because well, work assignments are are inherently onerous. They're forced on the pilot, right? Um, basically, you're called up and told you're going to have to work. You don't have any choice about it. It's your day off. We're taking your day off. Way and you need to go to work, right? Um, the company uh, seems to have a renewed focus on mitigating premium pay. Um, if you'll remember back in, I think it was July of probably uh, 19 or so when we did the first premium pay letter, right? The company had pushed credit uh, from, uh, let's say, somewhere around uh, 10,500 hours a block up towards 12,500 hours a block, um, hoping uh, to, you know, grow, right? Great. Um but we didn't have the pilots to do that and we were junior assigning at the time and we said hey listen you really need to do this uh through incentivizing rather than forcing work assignments right um because when you force work assignments on people the work uh work group becomes unhappy uh whereas if you allow them to add them by choice right 150 200 percent um you know pilots are generally much happier with that right when you go to work by choice you're happier than when it gets forced on you right um and ultimately staffing an airline um, that's growing right with in an environment where it's very difficult to get pilots and we are uh, pilot constrained um, through junior assignment is going to lead to a lot of discontentment right 
Uh, we've been able to operate in a pretty uh, happy environment where guys are happy to go to work because we are uh, doing it through incentivizing rather than forced work assignments, right? Um, but we need to provide clarity and consistent uh, JA assignment uh, rules. If, uh, like we're seeing now, uh, you know, some 15,000 plus hours of block, um, being flowing uh, July, June, July, right? And um, not having the uh, clarity that we're going to need because we're not seeing uh, significant amounts of incentivized junior assignment beyond the 150%, right? Um, so we are starting to see more JA calls. We're hearing about the JA calls. Certainly you're seeing them on, on Facebook, right? And the warnings from everybody as the JA calls are going out. And um, we're not seeing uh, the in incentivized uh, work like we had in the past. Maybe some of that has to do with being better staffed. Uh, maybe it has to do with mitigating um, uh, costs, right? But one way or another, uh, forced work assignments are not uh, preferable. And knowing that forced work assignments, when they do happen, are being done um, uh, consistently and with good guidance is very important. So, um, so why now, given that these issues occurred in October of 22, right? Uh, part of this is that we have a huge grievance of a backlog, right? Some 1,300 issue forms. Typically, uh, after closing a contract, the company and Alpa engage in um, what you might call a grievance rodeo of sorts, you know, getting together for uh, three to five days and working through some of that backlog um, when, uh, you know, the new contract language has resolved some of those questions, right? Uh, that did not occur because the JWG was uh, completely consumed by Section 18 and uh, the company was not um, amenable to working through those issues, right? So those discussions never occurred. A huge backlog of grievances exist. And um, I think more important with this one, right, because it's the top of the 1,300 issues, is to resolve uh, conflict with junior assignment because of the nature of junior assignment, right? Um, we had canceled an arbitration uh, back in, uh, well, uh, prior to uh, the contract being signed in December of 21, uh, because we had a verbal agreement that um, the rules uh, that we had laid out in this MOU were um, uh, agreed to, right? We just we we thought we were there. Uh, the company's negotiator, who had you know acted credibly for years, um, uh, and said we had reached a deal. Uh, so we decided to bring down uh, the arbitration and cancel the dates with the arbitrator and, you know, save the money from the arbitration, right? Both sides didn't have to pay. Company later did not agree and did not sign the settlement, right? So uh, what happens there is the pilot group suffered the loss of an arbitration date, which means that we don't move our agenda forward, right? Um, so why tie the junior assignment settlement to the CQ settlement, right? Um, and this has to do, and you've heard me talk quite a bit about integrative bargaining uh, or mutually beneficial bargaining uh, versus distributive bargaining, right? And uh, when you're doing uh, mutually beneficial bargaining and you're looking for, um, you know, solutions together to our shared problems, which create value, uh, right? You, you look at a problem like a junior assignment and you work together to solve it, 
uh, by creating a premium pay system, right? That's literally what happened uh, in the days of old uh, when we were working with um, uh, OC and Andy Papaleo, and uh, they were kind of steering the labor policy, right? What we saw in January 22 is a significant shift from that to distributive bargaining as labor policy, right? We were told very clearly, black and white only, no LOAs. That does nothing to add value, uh, doesn't uh, move the company forward, doesn't move Alpa forward, uh, certainly doesn't move this pilot group forward importantly, right? Uh, so that strategy of distributive bargaining, right, dictates that the arbitration dates are really the only time in which you're going to advance your agenda, uh, either for the company or for Alpa, right? Nothing more, nothing new gets created, right? So, um, uh, you know, you ask what what changed, right? And that's simply that there was a, a shift in the labor policy, and where we were able to work together on mutually beneficial solutions. And certainly we did a lot of LOAs over that period of time uh, because the outcomes were good for both sides, right? Um, in a context of distributive bargaining, where it's where we've been pretty much for the last 18 months, um, you know, you have to ask, what did the pilot group get for solving the company's CQ bidding issues, right? Uh, the company comes to us with a problem, says, hey, our training department's going to uh, suffer significant consequences, um, and we're not going to have throughput for months and months, and pilots are going to disqualify, uh, not be able to work, not be able to add open time because they're disqualified, right? Um, so what does the pilot group get um, if, uh, if we solve that problem uh, other than uh, solving the problem, right? So uh, we attached the junior assignment settlement to the CQ settlement and uh, regained what we lost in that arbitration date. Uh, I'm just going to walk through some of the language from the junior assignment settlement um, so that uh, uh, we all understand what's here. I think it's important given uh, the increase in junior assignments that we walk through this and start to create some um, uh, group knowledge as to how this works, right? Uh, so that the folks who are being junior assigned can uh, come to all of us and ask how this works, right? Uh, so I'm just going to go through and read through some of the language and then uh, do a little plain language summary of each paragraph in this settlement, right? So um, first paragraph in the settlement pursuant to section 25 L1A, no pilot will be junior assigned if the trip to which he is being junior assigned would touch any vacation day, day of leave and violet day off or has already been junior assigned in that same bid period. Uh, touch means that a portion of the trip, uh, so the trip being junior assigned, right, would occur during one of these days or periods. So uh, simple, plain language, you, can, you can't be junior assigned if you're on vacation, uh, if you're on a personal leave, right, medical leave, uh, if you're uh, on your inviolate days off as a reservist um, or a, a relief line holder. And uh, importantly, if you've already been junior assigned that month, you cannot be junior assigned again, right? So uh, if you've already been junior assigned that month, you move to the next guy up, right? Um, the last one I say is, is fairly important, right? Because it stops um, a situation where the company just starts to use junior assignment as a tool for staffing, right? Uh, we saw this um, uh, at Pinnacle when uh, Masaba merged with Pinnacle. Pinnacle was severely understaffed and was staffing about 22% of its block with junior assignment, right? Um, 
contractually, it's very difficult to do that here simply because you're going to run out of eligible pilots pretty quickly. Um, it really isn't a tool, so you really do have to use the incentivized um, path uh, versus junior assignment. But uh, bringing some clarification to this through the letter is uh, important given the context and the times we're in. Uh, as next paragraph, uh, regular pilots whose schedule contain the minimum number of days off for the month will not be considered available for junior assignment if the pilot's schedule must be rescheduled or otherwise modified in order to make him legal or available for the trip. Uh, his schedule will not be changed to allow for the junior assignment, and the pilot may not drop or trade his schedule to make himself eligible for a junior assignment, okay? Um, so pretty directly, this is kind of that example of the reservist uh, who had a trip uh, or sorry, had a, a sequence of uh, reserve, right, and had that reserve removed from their schedule uh, to make them eligible for the junior assignment for that ETOPS trip, which was never posted in open time. Um, this resolves that problem and, and makes it pretty clear that uh, if you're already at the minimum days off for the month, uh, you're not going to be considered for junior assignment, right? You have to be able to restore that day in the month. Uh, and there's more clarification uh, to that as well in the letter. So uh, you can't change the schedule and, uh, to allow for junior assignment. Kind of what we had happening was uh, schedulers who were calling someone who they knew would answer the phone or uh, someone who was willing to work with them uh, and then change their schedule. Uh, and the junior assignment would uh, not be done the way the contract um, outlines, right? So simply call up a pilot, go, hey, I'm going to, you want this junior assignment? I'll take a couple of days uh, of work off of you so you can be junior assigned, right? Um, likewise, uh, the pilot cannot drop or trade uh, their schedule um, to make themselves eligible for junior assignment, right? Um, simply the scheduler is supposed to take the log, call up the log uh, if you're eligible and not call you if you're not eligible, and it's as simple as that. So uh, next paragraph, LOA 2111, um, this is the, the PBS LOA uh, from December of 21. So LOA 2111 provides the proration table establishing the number of minimum days off, and the parties agree that this will apply in determining whether a pilot meets the required minimum days off and has days in excess of the minimum days off on which the pilot may uh, or is available to be junior assigned, right? So um, that table, uh, I didn't uh, bother to copy and paste it, but it's a simple proration, right, for days of un unavailability. So your minimum days off for the month decrease with your uh, unavailability, right? If you're um, if you're on military leave for uh, you know 15 days of the month, you're going to have roughly half as many uh, minimum days off in the uh, working half of the month, right? Uh, it's just to account for that and to make it clear that that's how it works. Um, this uh, is a fairly important paragraph right here. Sick days, vacation days, jury duty, association leave, days on leave, or days of work removed from a pilot for training in accordance with uh, Section 25P do not count towards the minimum numbers number of days off uh, when determining whether a pilot is available to be junior assigned. So uh, here we see, right, uh, just the list broken out from the paragraph. What 25P is, is uh, like an OE uh, training displacement, right? So 
they want to use uh, your trip to do OEON and you're removed. The the three days that you're removed for are now not uh, counted towards minimum days off, right? You're, um, you're removed from that trip, right? Importantly, sick days are not uh, days off, right? They're sick days. Uh, what you need to see is actual days off, uh, count those days off up and see if you have uh, more than that to see if you're eligible for junior assignment. That's what this language does. Uh, reserve pilots uh, being junior assigned must be allowed to select the replacement days off and the selected replacement days must be placed in the bid month of the junior assignment, right? So the, uh, this means that the pilot will not have his replacement days off occur in the uh, next bid month, which is exactly what occurred back in uh, October of 22, right? With um, uh, a scheduler who made a deal with the pilot and said, hey, can I junior assign you and I will give you Thanksgiving off, right? Um, so uh, that resolves this issue. Um, just note that it's the pilot selection, right, to restore the days off. Um, uh, that uh, that's something that um, the uh, the crew scheduler cannot dictate which day off it's going to be. Right, uh, important to know, uh, and that they have to occur in the same bid month. Right, uh, there's another paragraph that we'll get to um, uh, that will speak to this a little bit more, so I'll just wait for a second to uh, talk about how you deal with a guy who's, say, getting junior assigned on the last day of the month, right? Uh, so a pilot is not available for junior assignment if the trip will result in the pilot not receiving at least one calendar day off in seven consecutive days, or if the assignment results in the violation of any other contractual or FAR requirement, uh, pilot's schedule will not be modified to make him eligible for a junior assignment. So again, reiterating that you can't change the schedule to make the pilot legal, um, right, uh, and work around either the rest requirements or the FARs, um, uh, contractual rest requirements or the FARs in order to uh, make the pilot uh, somehow eligible for junior assignment. Uh, so you still need to get your day off in seven, right? Uh, you, the uh, say domicile rest needs to be respected, right? Uh, so contractual minimums and the uh, FAR requirements, right? So you shouldn't even get a call if you have a, a schedule that doesn't allow uh, legally for the trip that's being junior assigned to be placed on you, right? Um, A reserve pilot is not eligible to be junior assigned if the pilot's schedule does not allow for him to retain the required number of minimum days off for that bid month pursuant to Section 12B after his days off are replaced in the bid month per his election. Right. So note this rule will require the company to keep moving up the seniority list to find the next most junior available pilot eligible for junior assignment. Note that our junior assignment rules, right, go go back to at least the green book and probably uh, back to gold book or even earlier than that, right? And in that environment, um, a junior assignment, right, a, a trip incentivized uh, at a pay rate greater than straight pay uh, simply did not exist other than uh, junior assignment, right? So uh, the contract forefathers 
right? Looked at junior assignment as a uh, heavily incentivized work opportunity, right? Either you're going to get straight pay or you get junior assigned, get 200% pay, right? So you'll notice that all of these rules kind of drive the junior assignment more senior, right? Uh, so it's really difficult to junior assign uh, a pilot who is on reserve or uh, who um, has a day of work that's already occurred, right? So that forces the junior assignments onto people who have more days off who are generally more more senior, right? Um, so what happens, right, at the end of the month, uh, right, you're on the, say, the 31st of October for Halloween and the junior signing because everybody went out for Halloween and called in sick. Um, that doesn't occur, right? But uh, it apparently didn't 22 or 2020 because the, the junior signing on Halloween. Um, uh, right, so you get to the last day of the month and how do you get the junior assignment onto someone who's at minimum days off? Because if you have them work on the day that they're off on the 31st, they can't retain uh, the minimum days off for the month, right? Hence the looking to the next month and giving people uh, Thanksgiving off, right? Um, so simply making it clear in plain language that you need to move to someone who is more senior, right? Uh, there's no way to restore the days in the month because it's the 31st of the month. So move to a more senior pilot who has the 31st off, right? And if you can't find someone and nobody answers the phone, uh, that's the end of the, the call log, right? Um, and what the contract reads there, I believe, is that the, uh, uh, the operation will cease, right? Um, so... Uh, certainly advantageous to the company and better for the pilot if this is all done through uh, through open time and simply added at 200, 250, 300 percent pay. Right. Um, pilot will neither be junior assigned on a scheduled day of work, nor will his scheduled day of work be modified by either the company or the pilot to provide availability or eligibility for the junior assignment. Uh, certainly the other paragraphs that we've worked through have kind of beaten that notion to death and it's right goes right to the core of what had happened in june in uh, october of 2020 um you simply can't change your schedule and the scheduler can't change your schedule uh to make you eligible for the junior assignment right when you're junior assigning you're really looking at this call log of availability right and it you're trying to solve um uh you know prevent a cancellation as quickly as possible right so you shouldn't be tinkering around with people's schedules and then hoping that they're going to answer right you just simply look at the schedule is he eligible no move on to the next pilot right the next most senior pilot and just simply work your way up the list right call a person call the next person call the next person right um note all right there is um significant junior assignment language that is outside of the settlement, right? So remember that this settlement was done um, probably, uh, I'm going to guess, late 2020, early 2021, um, and was really focused on uh, the kind of problem that was occurring in October of 2020. Um, and there is significant junior assignment language that is included in this letter that is in the contract. Uh, and one of those things is that you can't be assigned at the end of the trip, right? Um, this plain language here, right, says uh, that you're not going to be junior assigned on a scheduled day of work. So that means you, when you're at the end of your trip, you're not going to get in the A cars as you, you know, begin the top of descent uh, for your uh, the junior assignment, right? You're not going to get 
uh, junior assigned uh, while you're working because um, you're you need to come into base and get uh, uh, domicile rest, right? And so you're not going to get junior signed on a scheduled day of work. We haven't seen issues with this, um, but it makes it clear that that's not going to occur. Uh, certainly, that's how a lot of the regional staff these days is by junior signing while you're at work, uh, because under 117, that's really the the only way to junior sign is to junior sign while you're at work. Uh, oftentimes, you get junior signed to continue to work, right? We don't do that. Um, so again, making clear you can't remove work and then junior sign, right? Can't change the schedule to make someone eligible. Uh, a pilot who is not available for junior assignment or is otherwise ineligible to be junior signed will not be contacted for the junior assignment and the trip will not be placed on the pilot schedule, right? So no uh, placing the junior assignment on the schedule, going fishing, hoping that someone's going to uh, confirm the schedule change, right? Um, and if you're otherwise not eligible, you're just simply going to move up the call list to the next person. Uh, truly, the company is not supposed to be pestering you for the junior assignment if you're not eligible, right? If you're not eligible, why do you want to get called? Um, each trip to be junior assigned requires a separate junior assignment log. Two or more junior assignment trips will not be assigned through the same junior assignment log. Um, and this just makes clear that uh, the picture changes, right, um, depending on uh, one log or the other and how long that trip is and whether the pilot is eligible or not, right? And um, you're going to end up calling people who shouldn't be called who aren't eligible for, say, the two-day trip, uh, but are eligible for the Chicago turn, right? And you really need to run those on two separate logs, have a record of who you called and who was eligible uh, for that type of trip and the, you know, FAR requirements and the Section 12 uh, rest requirements uh, and so forth. Uh, you really can't just kind of uh, have three or four trips you're trying to cover and just kind of randomly call up the list, right? So this makes clear that you're going to have two separate logs uh, and that you're going to have a log, right? Use the log. Um, ECRU or uh, any other replacement uh, program like uh, the Saver Suite, uh, you just print out the log, right? And then it tells you who is eligible and you call those numbers. Um, and then you note the time, uh, like in pen and ink, uh, who, when, when you made the call, right? So um, just simply, uh, here's the pilots who were involved in these settlements, right? Uh, and the grievances that were settled. So I think it settles um, I believe one, two, three, four, five different uh, junior assignment settlements, uh, and each of those pilots are paid 10 hours uh, for the harm that they suffered, right? So, hey, uh, thanks for sticking with me through uh, through the JA language. Uh, I do appreciate that. It's important that we create some uh, some group knowledge on that. Um, I am going to open up the call to uh, to Q&A, right? Um, have Kevin go around and call on you as you uh, raise your hand. Please use the raise hand function in Teams and remain on mute unless you uh, are uh, given the floor. 
And um, to what degree we can kind of stay focused somewhat on either the, the CQ settlement or on the JA settlement, I appreciate it. I understand that there's uh, significant questions on uh, Section 18, and it truly is going to take another call, and it's going to be a much longer call with a much longer uh, PowerPoint and a much, much longer uh, Q&A because it's just simply uh, a lot to bite off. Uh, if you have some simple questions on that, we'll try to field some of it. Um, but to whatever degree, you know, we can kind of stay on the JA and the CQ issues, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, it's been a, a, a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts right now. Um, and it just helps us to kind of stay focused, to stay on what we're, uh, what we're working on. So, uh, with that, uh, let's open it up to, uh, to Q and A, if you guys have any questions, um, anything at all, give us a, use the raise hand function. Kevin, do you know what the, uh, uh for the guys on the phone? what the uh, raise on, hand function is again. Yeah, if you're on your phone, you can do star five. Star five will raise your hand. And then uh, when we call on you, star six will unmute you. All right, so star five to uh, uh, raise hand on the phone, otherwise uh, in the um, Teams app. Yeah, don't All be right. shy. We know there's yep. questions. There you go, Doug, Whitney, how you doing, man? Uh, good, yourself? Great. Hey, uh, when did this JA settlement come to fruition? Like, when is the uh, date on it? Um, let me see. Hold on two seconds. Just let me. Uh, it's probably sometime last week, uh, but I can get. Oh, that's fine. I just because about three weeks ago, they did the same. Called me late at night and then uh, offered to remove some reserve days to make me eligible for the junior assignment. Awesome. Um, yeah, note that they were never able to do that. Uh, note that this settlement, right, is an MOU. It's not an LOA. It doesn't change the contract language. Um, I would advise just going ahead and filling out a, um, a grievance uh, form, right, pilot issue form, and let uh, let Chris and his team start to deal with it. Yeah, they do. I just wanted to make sure I was, uh, see if it was covered under this one or if it would be a kind of towards the tail end of it. So yeah, no, I filled out the grievance form already. Chris has got it. Yeah, all right, awesome. Oh, thank you. Yep. All right, anyone else? All right. Well, hey, um, the information itself is actually pretty straightforward. Most people understand fairly well how, how JA works, right? Um, uh, to what extent, you know, you guys who have now been on the call, uh, you know, have some deeper understanding of JA and kind of, uh, have a discussion while you're on the flight deck and um, certainly help out the junior guys uh, figure out how Jay works at this company because it is a little bit different than other places, right? Um, know that we'll be scheduling a Section 18 call or maybe even a series of calls given the complexity um, in the next uh, week or two. Um, certainly in the interim, if you're a training pilot and you have questions and you want uh, you know, a quick answer, uh, give myself or Will a call. Everyone, thanks for joining us, and uh, talk to you uh, soon. Eric, if I could just add, the uh, the training settlement as well as this CQ and JA settlement have been sent to uh, Molly at the company, so that should be up on Comply shortly. Awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, do appreciate that, Kevin. All right, everyone, thank you very much for joining, and uh, take care. Have a good weekend.